0: Down there, and that was Ken's and Michael were on that, and it was awesome to see them. And they did great. And I know the people down there. That was a church that they were dealing with there. They got, you can see the water had got up, well, I guess about halfway up the wall, and then they had to strip everything out. Uh, well, good morning, y'all. It's good right. to be here with you. Um, this morning, we're going to talk about something. <laughs> In fact, before I do it, anybody don't have a handout this morning, if you would raise your hand. Hey, Scotty. It's a good to see um, Who can, Who's in the back with these things? Um, Mickey, Poo, go get them. You know, one of the crazy things about, uh, about Jesus' stuff is, is a couple of contrasting things like time and eternity, spirit and flesh, you know, heaven and earth. And, and these kind of things, they, they collide together. And one of the ones that's really interesting is the collision of, of time and eternity. Uh, where we're on time and heaven, God, our God, is, operates in eternity and he flows back and forth in it. And, and one of the things that really is very important for us as believers to understand this concept of time and eternity. And how it interacts with our lives especially as it comes with allowing the reality of Jesus to be birthed in our lives. Uh, we've been doing this series on growing in our relationship with God, and there, there's four basic principles we've been talking about, and I'll talk about those in a second, but to grow in our relationship with God is very, very important for understanding this concept of time and eternity, and one of the one of the Best examples I know of it is is what I was talking about last week, uh, but I'll go a little bit further today. Is in relationship to like uh, the arts, um, plays, movies, and most of you all know that my son Shay writes. Well, he's a well, he does. He makes a living uh, producing and, and editing commercials for Fox Sports, but then on the side he. Now he does um, he, he produces and directs and and edits movies on his own in fact he's got a couple of them that'll be coming out here pretty soon um, and uh, and so anyway in fact by the way I will say this on Netflix you can find uh, one called Heritage Falls and then one on uh, uh, Amazon I guess would be called County Line so if you bored one night and <laughs> you got to look them up they're, they're really good they're pretty good movies and uh, but anyway in our life is like a script in a movie in fact the Word of God is like a script in a movie which God has written from all eternity and uh, and when we come in line with that script it produces something beautiful as I've seen Shays write scripts and he doesn't he does storyboards and then I've had the privilege of being and when he's done a couple of movies and uh, and to see these things come from a piece of paper into reality on a screen is a really cool thing but it's what's even more powerful to me is that when you see the written word of god manifested and spoken birth into human life and direct the flow of life paul and i were interacting and talking about some of the words that god has done in our lives and in our lives, the one that really came to my mind that she she mentioned that I was going to bring, uh, just go ahead and use. It's the one that what brought me to this area, Paula and I, to this area. Back in 1991, when, when we were pastoring at East Stone Gap Baptist Church, and, and we had resigned there, literally had burned out in ministry. And I, I, you know, Virginia Tech was a place that was dear to me, we had a lot of students coming down from Virginia Tech to... Uh, to Big Stone Gap and hang out with us. In fact, I think Mike, Mitch's brother, was one of them. And also Leah's sister came down there from here down to hang out with us in Big Stone Gap because God was just doing so many crazy things there. And I remember, at a resigned. I didn't know where we were going to go. We would resigned. I didn't know what we were going to do. And the only thing I knew to do was just seek the Lord. And so one of the places I just needed to get away and get quiet. And so I came up to Virginia Tech and was standing on top of the of the chapel the World Memorial Chapel that overlooks the drill field and I'm standing up there just praying and looking and all of a sudden I heard the Lord just almost audibly say the fields are wide unto harvest and I just heard that and I'm going, okay we're coming so I went back to Big Stone and, and Paul, that's where Paul and, and the kids were and I go, babe, pack up we're moving to Blacksburg and uh, and we're going to start a campus ministry at Virginia Tech. And uh, so, we, so we go and we start, we start packing. Well, I come back up to look at check things out. And, uh, and I'm staying with a friend, um, sleeping on his couch one night while, I mean, while we're in this process. And all of a sudden, the Lord appears to me in a dream. And he said to me, he says, do not, do not move to Blacksburg. Do not start a campus ministry at Virginia Tech yet moved to Radford, in the Radford area, and started ministry at Radford University. And I never even thought about doing that. But it was, it was crazy to see and how when we, I said, okay, God, we'll do it. And we moved to Radford not knowing a soul, a person. We're going to birth a campus ministry. And, and so God reveals something, and you start walking it out. You start practicing what God has put in you. You come in line with the script that God has given. And you step into it. And you watch what God does. Crazy things. Like here I, we moved to Radford and, and we don't know a soul. And I'm going to go meet with the dean of students and, and I, uh, uh, at Radford University. I'm going to talk about starting a campus ministry. Which I didn't know how to start a campus ministry. Still don't. And, and we just, and I remember walking up the steps of Heath Hall and going to go meet with the dean of students and just talk about starting a campus ministry. And walking down the steps was a guy who was like a, a, a guy who I really looked up to, a guy named Peter Lord, a pastor of First Baptist Church, Tidysville, Florida. A hardcore man of God. And he's walking down the steps of Radford University. I'm going, what? I mean, this is out of place. And I stopped him and introduced myself to, and and I'm going, God, that's a sign that we're on the right path. And I could go on and on. But on the flip side, there's times that God gives a revelation, and you start trying to take it into yourself. Like the time in 1990, yeah, yeah, it was right before this, 90, when God put in my heart to birth uh, a ministry called Eagle's Nest to deal with drug and alcohol, people. We bought this 82 acres on a mountain overlooking Big Stone Gap. And so I get this word from the Lord to birth a drug and alcohol program called Eagle's Nest. Tony even came up there and we went snow skiing, not skiing, sledding on it, on that property. And way back in the day, I started trying to do it. Never one of the most frustrating things in my life. Because it wasn't in the script. Yet. My script was different. And so part in it, my role was in it. Because when we start talking about what God's doing a thing, I want to, in God growing us into his likeness, there's, we need to understand how he works or we get totally frustrated in what's going on. And I just want to go to the next slide in this. The declaration is, let it be written. Let our story be written practicing the revelations of god it comes out of this passage of scripture which is probably one of the most misunderstood passages of scripture in in the word of god where it talks about putting aside all filthiness this has got to do with laying aside there's four components in this we've preached on for the last five or six weeks and all that remains of wickedness and humility receive there's a place of receiving the the word of word implanted responding which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And this is where we started last week. And what I stepped into and what we want to deal with today is going to preach this first part the same as we did last week. Because I really feel like this is so critical. Part of this needs to be restated and applied in it from a different angle. So prove your, prove. Yourselves to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Misunderstood I, for years, I misunderstood this. What does this mean? Because prove yourselves to be doers of the word. If you're not careful, you'll do what I tried to do in relationship to getting a revelation from God about Eagles Nest and trying to do it instead of letting God do it. When I we God birthed Eagles Nest Campus Ministry. Y'all, if there was a way to do it wrong, I did it. I mean, I got a bunch of college students in a circle surrounded around a boombox with a cassette tape of Petra Praise with Xerox copies of music. It was the world's worst wrong way to do praise and worship. And I was leading it ken henry when he came here i you know ken henry came into worship i said brother you've led worship for us a bunch of times and he goes really yeah On cds and cassette tapes (laughs) you know i can't tell how many times you did worship oh really yeah well you know push the button i don't know how i got there but anyway when god's doing stuff understanding the revelation not trying to do it but what does these passages of scripture mean go to the next slide and go to the next one, please, one more. It says, here's the four components. Receive, respond, lay aside, practice. What does practice mean? What does being a doer of the word mean? Go to the next slide. And one more, please. And f- prove. Prove yourselves to be doers of the word. Well, the normal Greek, like I told you last week, the normal Greek word for prove is the Greek word dokimazo, which means to prove. This word does not mean proof. You see the Greek word here is the Greek word genomai, which means literally to begin, to be, to come into existence. The, really, the emphasis on the origin of something, to begin to do something. It's, it, I mean, it's translated all throughout Scripture in relationship to this. is the only place it's used in relationship to prove. It's a common word that means to become. Become what? Go to the next slide, please, where it says doers of the word. The Greek word is not the word for do. And I know the, the translators are trying to grasp this, but I'm going to tell you, be honest with you, sometimes when you're trying to translate Scripture, literally, it comes by inspiration. And so the, the ride of translators of, of Scripture, many times they're just taking all they can do and, and really put it in a format. But when you study and the Holy Spirit starts bringing revelation out of word pictures, then you catch true pictures. Well, the Greek word here for for the word do is the poetes, meaning to make, one who makes something. And it's poet, a writer, a creator. Become writers, become poets. Because you see this past scripture in Acts 17, 28, is where it's used, Is where in him we live and move and exist and have, have, move and exist. Even as some of your own poets, that's that Greek word there. The word's not doer, it's for us to become uh, writers, participants of the script of heaven. Because notice the next slide in the relationship not hears only. The normal Greek word for the word hears, the Greek word akuo. Well, this is not akouo. You see it, it's a krates, which krates is a word that listening without practicing what one hears, from the Greek word that communicates hearing something with pleasure, such as a piece read, recited, played, or sung. What I started to do this morning was take on, put on the backside of this, a script, a short script of a play, and I was going to ask two people to volunteer and put on a play for us. You know, just a few lines, Joe Davidson and, and somebody else. You know, to act out a short play, I was going to ask for volunteers. And so two people would stood up, and they would, have, they would have participated in the script. And I guarantee at the end of it, they would probably remember the words. But the vast majority of us in here, if we didn't, we would be reading the script, we would enjoy the script, we would listen to it, but we would not be participants of it. And that's what this word means, not be hearers only. It's not, not just like hearing. It's, you, it talks about, in other words, it's saying, get in the play, get in the story. Don't, don't be a sideline participant of it. When God gives you a revelation, get in it. And you know, it's like, uh, you know, that's frustration about a football game where you got 22 people on the field at one time. You got, you know, just, I don't know how many on a football team now in, in college. But, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, what, what's 60, 70 on a team? I don't know, 54 in the NFL. But then you got, what, 70, 80,000 people watching. They're all spectators. Now, you know, not able to get on the field. But with God, the revelations of God, he's given he's lines for everybody all the time. And <laughs> in our interactions, he's saying, get in the game. Get in the game. Hear the script. Respond to it. Receive it. See, when I'm standing on the count, on, on, at, at a, on War Memorial Chapel at Virginia Tech, God reveals to me a script. Fields are wide unto harvest. You know, wide unto harvest. I could go around the room and just start putting hands on heads that were people we met since 1991 in interactions. My part in relationship to in this church as a result of standing on the, on the top of that. The fields are wide in the harvest. I'm standing on that time in 1991. I didn't know the script. I didn't know how to end it. How could you figure it out? But God is, is this, this grand script writer, and he's inviting us to hear the script, receive it, respond to it. When I heard it, I go, okay move to blacks move to blacksburg i go to paula i go to paula pack babe she grew to hate the word move she would manifest when she'd hear the word move <laughs> and then after a while after mitch met and he then he grew to hate the word move too because he had to come and move to help me move i think we counted 20 something times in there in a in a period of time that we moved how many times you moved burby <laughs> Probably I've moved a bunch of times in the time you've just been in one place. I can, that'd be interesting to count up. Count you moved three times since I met you? No, oh, my whole life. oh yeah. yeah, your whole life three times. We did that in one year, didn't we, but <laughs> just about. <laughs> so anyway, so when you hear this passage, doers of the word, don't think of it as catching a revelation. I gotta go do it. No, you participate in what God's doing, whether it's a script in relationship to something's doing in your life, like the time God revealed to me, a freedom in relationship to, to pornography and some other uncool junk. And I hear this revelation and I receive it and I step into it and receiving it by faith, responding in faith. And in it, the power of God touches my life. They're sure there were things I needed to lay aside that were hindering that. So you step into it. But it's the script of God that's doing the work in you. And so we go to the next slide. So in summarizing this, where it says, be doers of the word. Prove yourselves to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Here's Rick Sizemore translation. Become stories, artisans, of the word or the revelations of God, not just hearers or, beser- or observers or spectators. Y'all, it's exciting to me when I start hearing people catch the scripts of God and they start stepping into it and you start to see the hand of God touching people's lives in, in grocery stores, you know, and you know, uh, wherever else you go. you know, Because he's always got... Things cooking for every one of our lives. The big thing is us to hear it, receive it, respond, lay aside stuff that's not in line with that revelation, and and step into it and participate with God in it. Now, there's some things that I want to just speak, and I just want to summarize this. Go to the next slide. God gives a revelation. And we partner with him to allow the story to be written or a picture painted on our hearts and about our lives. In other words, what I'm going to show here real quick, the story that God's writing is really literally in two places. One is, is on our hearts. That's where your programming is. The reality of the word of God coming in and implanted into our souls changes and transforms our lives into the very likeness of Jesus. That's him writing his script, his word, his story into us. And then he also writes a story literally about us. And what I really want to ask today is, what is your life about? And we're going to talk about that a little later. And... What is, your story? what is the story of your life? When your life's over, what is the story? Because every one of us have a destiny of a story. And, and that's where I want to, real quick, I want to just go through some things. First off, let me just show this to you in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, where it says, we exalt in the glory of God. This is the revelation of God. We exalt in it. And not only this, but we exult in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is where God is doing. He's revealing, and, and it's like I said earlier, one of the places He's doing, He's birthing us in us. The script targeted that. So, I just want to real quick just talk about the story that God has scripted. What does it involve? And let's look at this. Um, if you notice in your notes from the foundations of the Word of God, Word God, it should be world, comma, God. <laughs> Excuse me, Burby, so you let me down for that. So get, catch this. I just want to declare some things over us, okay? Because this script that God has scripted, from the foundations of the world. Catch this. In, in Romans eight twenty nine. the overarching thing, he's predestined you and I to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And we preached a lot about this and declared this us. That is our destiny. The script of God for every one of our lives involves that destination that you and I look just like Jesus. Not in physical appearance, but in the heart, in the actions that, that would be expe- expressed who He has created us to be. As it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. That's crazy. And the, and the next one we got is that Ephesians 1, 4, where it says that he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we would be holy and blameless. God chose you to be in Christ. And not just to be in Christ, but to be holy. Holy meaning set apart and declared uncommon and clean. That is, that is your destiny also. And not only, blameless, there's a big difference between being innocent and blameless. Innocent is somebody that doesn't know something. They're just, they're innocent. Like a, a five-year-old. Innocent. Blameless is somebody who has been forgiven. Been cleansed. And the sins are forgotten. They're blameless. Not because they've done it all right, but because of the cross of Jesus Christ. He chose us in him. Every person on the face of this earth, he scripted them to be, have the destiny to be like Jesus and to be holy and blameless in Christ. And not only that, like we see in the next one in Revelation 17.8, where it says, you know, in 17.8 and 13.8, that our names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundations of the world. We're chosen him, and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundations of the world. Names are not written in. They're blotted out. Revelations 3, 5. He who overcomes will in no way will his name be blotted out of the book of life. Who is it that overcomes? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, 1 John 5, 4. It's scripted. Everybody's name's written in the book of life. And not only that... In Ephesians 2.10, where it says, you know, um, oh man, my mind went blank. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what purpose are you created? For good works, which God prepared in advance that we should, should walk in them. Does not mean you automatically will, but, but get that. That is your destiny, to fulfill the works of God that Jesus dealt with before the foundations of the world and you know every time the work is dealt with anytime you see work it's got to do with a relationship in some way shape or form anytime work it's got to do with a relationship a relationship with God or a relationship with one another somebody god purpose before the foundations of the world I don't know who it is when you walk outside today that god before the foundations of the world said you know one of you in this room is going to meet somebody And God's purpose and plan was for you to plant a seed into their hearts that would make an eternal difference in their lives. That's God's heart. He purposes it for the foundation of the world. And not only that, go to the next slide, please. God, get this, He purposed all that. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 20 and 21, how it said how God subjected all creation to futility, not of its own will but the one who's subjected in hope. And it goes on to talking about the revealing of the sons of God. And you've heard me say this before, but all creation is pregnant, giving birth to the sons and daughters of God. And you want to know when Jesus comes back is when the last person that God created before the foundations of the world wrote their names in the book of life. When they're born, that's when Jesus comes. That's crazy to think about. Because anything else would be spiritual abortion. And God's not about that. So God God's heart, He's, he's got this destiny, and all creation is yearning and suffering the pains of childbirth even now. And, and it goes on, notice the next one. For, in, this is cool to me to think about the Trinity is interceding for the script of God to come into reality. We're in Romans chapter 8, and where this talks about all this stuff. It talks about how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, with groaning too deep for words. And when, he when we don't even know how to pray, He intercedes for us. He's, he sees this. He sees this script. He sees the will of God for our lives, and He's interceding. He's going, you can do it! You can do it! Step into it! Step into it, Rick! Hear it! Excuse me. Jesus, it says in 37, Jesus himself intercedes for us. The Spirit of God is in, inside us, interceding for us. Like calling into you, waking up, says, you know, where it says, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba Father, Abba Father. Hear it, hear it. Silence yourself enough. Rick, you, silence yourself enough that you hear the intercessions of the Spirit of God calling you to the Father. Or as it says in Romans 8, God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God calling and interceding for us to catch and step into this. This is your destiny. This is your destiny. Step into it. Don't get caught up with the distractions of the world. Don't get distracted by what people say about you, what you think about yourself. Don't get distracted with work. Don't get distracted with paying the bills. Step into this. Step into it. I love this one in Romans 8:28, that God is working to bring the script into reality. In Romans 8:28, you know, for God works to cause what? All things... To work together for the good of those who love god and of those who are called according to his purpose so god sees this script it's just sort of like shay when he makes a movie and there he's involved with every bit of of directing it's kind of phenomenal to watch even and he gets there and telling how an actor or actress to look or or to speak or what to do He's working to cause things to work out. But God doing a whole lot more than Shay in a movie. Because God has to redeem a lot of our screw-ups. And he turns in our screw-ups in the gold. I love, Robbie, that, that, uh, that big old plaque banner in the mess hall at Dunklin. Where it's got all these pictures of guys... Down through the years, and a big sign across the top of it. Devils, I mean, not devils, (laughs) jewels from the devil's junk pile. I love it. I guess you're one of those jewels. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you was, brother. Uh, Scotty, you were there too, weren't you? Yeah. Pete, you were there too, weren't you? A lot more dust in
1: here. (laughs) job was <laughs> just being nice, and you dragging him in this, huh <laughs>
0: uh, oh! <laughs> <he> wearing <laughs> <laughs> the Dallas cowboy hat, right?. Oh. Uh, God's doing this script. (laughs) Too far, I got to get it back. Lord, we need to intercede. Bring this back, God. (laughs) God's written this script, and God's calling us into it. And like I said earlier, I just want to speak these two past scriptures. Go to the next slide, please. First one is, I wanted to read this to you. This has really hit me, because this is what God does with us. You know, sometimes people will ask me, they say, Rick, uh, before the foundation of the world, did God see you, or, or when you were born, did he see you in sin, or did he see you? How did he see you? And then it hit me. God always sees in faith. He sees me with my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He sees me. He sees me finished. So, well, then I'm born into this world, and I take deviations, but God is always <coughs> faithful. When we're without faith, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. And it hit me in this script of God; He sees the finished product. And notice what Michael and just said when they when they asked Him about the the statue of David, seventeen feet tall, you know, where this one big solid piece of granite. Where, I didn't realize this, but two other sculptures sculptors tried to sculpt pieces out of this one block of granite and quit. Marble, marble, thank you, thank you, granite, marble, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so he, they, tried to, they tried to sculpt something and quit. They, one of them said it's too hard. And so you get this used piece of marble that David turns it into probably his most phenomenal. <laughs> Michael Lynch, Dave. who did David? <laughs> David <laughs> I'm getting all messed up. David was the David David day of dude. Yeah, David didn't sculpt himself. David sculpted Michelangelo. So, so, uh, no, Mitch did it, really. (laughs) But anyway, it was kind of interesting, man, and Michelangelo makes this statement when they ask him about this thing. and I love it. The sculptor is all, this is what was quoted was a quote from him, so I'm not going to verify this, but sculptor is already, he said the sculptor is already complete within the marble block. Before I start my work, it is already there. I just chisel away the superfluous material. Superfluous. (laughs) And you know, and David's naked in that thing too, you know? That's kind of embarrassing, he's naked. You know, but it's superfluous. (laughs) <laughs> oh Jesus. See, see what you did, Maddox? See that got me all messed up. I was going on wrong being really serious and spiritual, now I can't even say superfluous. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get Paula up here and let her finish. Go to the next slide. <laughs> Let's move on. That's superfluous. How do you say that word? <laughs> what? Superfluous. 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 That, that sounds so much prettier. <laughs> Y'all never know I was working on PhD. <laughs> <do you>? <laughs> <laughs> okay. God writing his script and giving us revelation within us. Look at this past scripture we spoke last week, that we're God being being manifested, that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. See, God will reveal something, and to become a doer, quote, practicer, or participant with him in the script, He'll invite you. He'll reveal something, and Stephen, turn this on, Um, and it'll affect us. You step into it, you receive it. And I just asked Paula. There was a whole bunch of these things that Paula has. You know, I just wanted her to share some of the things that God did in her life. These revelations that where she had to participate with God, and awesome things happen. Go ahead, babe.
2: He told me this during praise and worship, so. uh. Grant me mercy <laughs> and pray for grace. Well, we
0: talked about it this week, though. Yeah.
2: So, anyway, it was funny because when we were talking about it, we could, we found, we remembered words for each other, which was kind of humorous. And even during worship, when I was praying about this, I was like, wait, remember? And they were all his words. And he was telling me my words. So, it was kind of interesting that uh, this each other's stories have become our story. And so that's true for a lot of these words as well. You know, I feel like they're our story, not just mine, but uh, definitely the first memory that came to mind since we've been married was when I realized and had an understanding of what submission meant, and the scriptures tied in with that, and, you know, Rick and I both believe that that revelation, that story began to be written and really saved our marriage. And... Um, And so I wish I could say, you know, the funny thing about stories is that a story begins and really, even now, I'm not sure that story's finished. There's In every stage of marriage, as you know, things change and and definitions of things become even more real. So uh, But that story began then and being willing to walk in that story, which was not easy for this strong, independent woman, by the way. (laughs) Stories are not necessarily easy to agree and walk in. And, uh, but that story is still being written, and uh, thankfully I was willing to participate in that. Um, in a seminary, and people that have heard me teach and I've ministered to have heard all these stories, but you know, there was a story where that began, uh, which uh, God was revealing to me that he is the supplier of my needs. And so that story began there. And again, as in all of my stories, that one is still continuing, and I'm choosing to walk in that you Know every day as well. Um, I can remember in seminary and really the beginning of Big Stone Gap, there was a story about water baptism that I could that I was willing to participate, which was not easy uh, to participate in the truth of that. And then, baptism of the Holy Spirit, we that was a huge one for this good Southern Baptist uh, girl, and uh, so that story was another one. And of course, the the stories that I remember the best are the ones that it really took a laying down of my life to walk in, laying down of beliefs, even laying down of false conclusions to walk in. So those are. And again, most of you have heard all of these stories. Um, In Eagles Nest days, Rick went to Cuba, Uh, and again, um, this was uh, he came home. He was in Florida, and I find out that he's having this horrible allergic reaction and. He's going to a d- disease control center in Miami and you know they're all freaking they out don't know it's, they, they don't they know, what, don't it know what it is but they think it's some kind of awful thing and but uh, as he was telling me on the phone the Lord just spoke clearly to me the scripture mark about how you'll drink deadly poison and it won't harm you and a piece just came over me I chose to walk in that story of Rick's fine you know, and he was, and even when they found out what it was, and they said he was going to have all these horrible side effects, and you know, I was like, Rick, you know, I got that word, and I'm believing it, and he didn't have any, you know, long-lasting, you know, things. So, so that was a, an awesome story that is carried over when our kids get sick, and when Rick has heart surgery, and all those kinds of things. I can still, you know, it's funny how stories that begin don't end, and when they become a part of your heart, they're always there. And uh, so one of the biggest stories for that was the story of redemption in Boone. And a lot of you have heard that story as well. And there is not a doubt in my mind that he is a redeemer uh, because of that story. And so when things feel like they're lost, I know, whether it's with my kids, grandkids, parents, you know, Rick, whatever, I know that in myself he is a redeemer. It's a story that I've bought into, and I will continue to walk in because of that. But... Um, and I can go through lots of others. In teaching, he taught me the story of seeing students the way he sees them and love the unlovable. And uh, that, that has walked in other areas of my life as well. Um, and when I was worked as a government contractor, talk about a fish out of water, holy cow. <laughs> those first couple months, I had uh, ulcers in my mouth from stress and I was going, okay God, you really missed this one. I am not supposed to be here. And I can remember walking down the hall going, we have totally blown this. I must not have heard you. Either that or for the first time ever, you were wrong because I am not supposed to be here. And he goes, I'm not wrong. You are supposed to be here. And he started speaking my story. And so walking in that story was powerful. Once I was willing to walk in his story, you know, and, and I can tell you all kinds of great stories about that. And then uh, now I'm working in a furniture store six days a week, and there's, you know, I was kind of going through another thing of, what is going on? And Rick gave me this word, and I really stuck to it. Um, It's a scripture that says his favor will be upon us, and that uh, he will confirm the work of our hands. And so every day I speak that over the store and over what's happening, and knowing that this is a story, this is just the beginning of a story that he is going to continue, And I could give many more. Uh, I mean, all of you have stories about that you're seeing redemption in your life with parents, children, grandchildren, things you're believing for. And as you're believing, that's the beginning of a story because that, to me, is the first step is do you believe what he's saying about that situation? And if you do, the story begins.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) It's good, isn't she? Yeah. Mitch is going to hang out a sheet of paper. And what I want to ask to do, and we're going to do one other step in this thing. But I, I want you to, in a sentence, write down a revelation that you've got, had, had gotten, down through the years. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, man, that came on, me. That a revelation that you've had, and you stepped into it. You were a, quote, doer in it. You were a participant in the play of God, and God did an awesome work. What we want to do is you call back this, the things that God has done to build your faith. Because one thing we could do is, is ask you to just listen to what God's saying right now. What is he saying now? And he's calling you to step into. But I want to, so as Mitch is passing these out in pencils, I want you to just think about that, and if you'd write that down. And because on the other side of the paper, I'm going to ask you to write something else. It's what's the story of your life? And I want to, Amy. We're going to show this real quick video. Uh, you know, you, you know, know that uh, one thing I love is is to hear stories, testimonies of athletes who have walked faithful as a man of God or women of God, or uh, or or even people who serve in the military and stood strong as uh, faithful. And there's this guy named aeneas Williams who is a man who was an all-pro cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals and also St. Louis Rams. And a phenomenal man of God. And, uh, in fact, one day I'd love him to get him to come here. And there's some things I want you to catch in relationship to your life that he uses in his life and in his ministry now. And so, Amy, if you would play the first, go and then I'll tell you when to stop.
1: to help people go to the grave empty instead of full. Many that are here and are buried, they went to the grave without exhausting and utilizing their potential. Aeneas Williams has already written his obituary. So many people think it's morbid. They think it accelerates your death. But it really doesn't. It begins to accelerate your life. And so when you're right out the end, it helps you make better decisions at the beginning. Aeneas revealed his lifetime goals when he was nine years old. So talking about my I had a dream. The story of how a walk on at Southern University became a Hall of Famer is one few people know.
0: Okay, Amy, stop that and During go to the next one.
1: Um,
0: one thing that we won't see in here, but Aeneas, uh, when he, one of the things that when happen, the thing happened in Ferguson, Missouri, the mayor of Ferguson called Aeneas and asked Aeneas to come and help bring peace to the city. And out of it, Neas came from Arizona and Louisiana, moved up and started a church in Ferguson to have an effect in that community. That crazy, awesome man of God. Now, I want you all to hear this last part. Okay, Amy.
1: Ferguson today. I got, I got we have more businesses operating within our city limits than we had in August 2014. We haven't had a mass exodus of people, property values have been going up and up. The importance of having someone like Aeneas to continue to be a stabilizing force in the community is pretty big, it's pretty important. No. a freshman and sophomore at Southern University and if someone had told me I had the ability to be one of the best cornerbacks to ever play in the National Football League, I would have thought they were crazy. I would have been a great accountant. I have a degree in accounting. I don't even like numbers. I could have gone to the grade with the possibility to be a Pro Football Hall of Fame cornerback but yet never have actualized that potential. So they don't see us fun now They see more about how things really are now As people look at this story I didn't believe I could
0: Okay, Amy. Thank you. You know, he, he talks about dying empty in other words, fulfilling your potential, catching the script, and walking in it to the fullness. And and what I'll do I want to ask is as a closing, uh, Mitch, y'all got anything i to add? That um um, for us to come in agreement with what God's doing in our lives both in us but also really the destiny and definition of what our lives will be and, and what I want to ask you on the other side of that sheet of paper is to write out sort of what Aeneas said what is, your, what is to be your life about and I like what he said if you live life now with the end in mind it will define everything in between now and then. Now, it takes faith to step into that place. It takes faith to receive what God's saying. It takes faith to respond. It takes perseverance to respond. It takes like I love what Paula said. When God reveals those things, there's stuff you have to start laying aside and to step into that script and go, okay, God, I want to participate in you, what you're doing in my life, both in me, God doing a work in me, and doing a work in relationship to the direction and flow of your life. And I love this whole story with Aeneas because here's a guy that, that nobody wanted to play football. But here he becomes, an, literally they claim, a lot of guys claim one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. You know, you hear the names Deion Sanders or Richard Sherman. Sherman but you talk to the guys that are the wide receivers, like, you know, that played in his day, they go, Aeneas Williams is the one. But, but he lived with purpose, and and that's what God's calling us into. That's what God's calling us into. So anyway, let me pray. Can I have uh Can can some praying too? Can I have a, the, uh, um, I just have the worship team or somebody, Melissa, and uh, the prayer team come up, please. So. temptation is to just say okay to close shop but there's people in here who may not know jesus as lord and savior i want to make sure that you step into that destiny but there's some destinies that y'all that god's calling you into there's things that god's doing in your life and uh and you may need to he- hear some you may need some help believing it and receiving it so we want to go in that direction so heavenly father i just want to thank you for this privilege this time to be with my brothers and sisters Lord, we want to step into those places, Lord, uh, that you've scripted before the foundations of the world. Lord, it's crazy to think about that how you say in 1 Chronicles 29, 12, that you have prepared and your desire is to make great and strengthen everyone. Lord, Aeneas stepped into greatness as a NFL cornerback. Lord, uh, there's greatness in every one of our lives in different ways, in different forms, in different measures. But Lord, to step in that place to fulfill the very destinies you have for us, God, is greatness. And Lord, we want to prove ourselves to be artisans of your word, allowing your word to birth in us, God. to change us from the inside out, to step into into things that it's impossible that anyone could do, or that I could do. Lord, a a boy who can't even say superfluous. (laughs) Lord, you call to to walk in places and things that, uh, that, Lord, it's beyond imagination. Lord, I thank you. And Lord, I just speak. I cry out. I speak in, as Mitch spoke earlier, Lord, about stir up, phantom flames, Lord, the things in us. Lord, I speak things, embers that may have gone out or about to go out. I I just speak wind of the Holy Spirit, blow right now, hopes that are dying out. Lord, I speak life into them in Jesus' name. Lord, visions that you have given in the past, even like for Aeneas when a nine-year-old little boy, Lord, Lord, you don't waste things. You don't forget. When you reveal, Lord, it affects. It never goes away. Lord, your word is trying to do a work to bring you back, bring us back into yourself. So, Lord, we call forth the revelations. Lord, for us to come in agreement with the script of heaven and walk out the script of heaven, God.
1: Yeah, Jesus. Sing course, chorus, blessing.